Good morning. It's Sunday, July 12th, and we're glad that you have chosen to join us for our time of worship together. I want to start by reading Psalm 92, verses 1 and 2. It says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. I really love those verses as a way to kick off our time together this morning because they really point us to God. And we're reminded that when the church gathers in the name of Jesus, it's really to worship Him and our, our focus. Everything should be about honoring, worshiping, and glorifying Him. Verse 1 says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord. And my question to you this morning is, what are you thankful for? What are you thankful for at this very moment? How would you complete the, the phrase, Father, thank you for, or this morning, I am thankful for? Think about that for just a moment. What are you really thankful for this very moment? Let's pray. Father, thank you for another day of life. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. And now, Father, as the church gathers in the name of Jesus, we commit our lives, we commit this time to you. Be glorified, be pleased, accomplish your will and purpose for every single person that is joining us this morning. We love you so much. And all God's people said, amen. Hi, everybody. I'm Kathy Wilcox. Just wanted you to know how much I miss you, and I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. I wanted to share a verse that uh, I think is really encouraging right now. It's Psalm 94, 18 through 19. When I said, my foot is slipping, your unfailing Lord supported me. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought joy to my soul. That uh, is really good to remember right now. Love you all.
Good morning, church family, and welcome again to the Ohio Valley Christian Fellowship's online church service. Uh, as you're well aware, we're going to be returning in a limited capacity to the well for next week's broadcast, but we will not be discontinuing our online service. I'm honored again this week to bring you the offering segment of our service, and uh, please join as we pray for the giving. Father, we do thank you for the uh, what you put on the hearts of, of the church family, Lord, that that they would give for your missions and your uh, for your needs here at the church and in the community and in kingdom building around the world, Lord. We just praise you and thank you again for the uh, the diligence and the sacrifices of so many that have made to continue to support your work in the kingdom in these difficult times. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Well, it's been a, an honor again to be able to come to you from home, give you a glimpse into our uh, lives and our personal spaces, and it's been a real joy. Uh, I want to remind everybody that we take snail mail at 1290 Grand Avenue in Ojai. We have a mail slot in the door at the well where you can deliver your giving on uh, in person. Uh, always give a smile to that ring doorbell so Pastor Tyler can see and greet you. Uh, also have the app, online giving on the app and online giving on the website as well. Very easy to follow. If anybody ever needs uh, assistance in setting that up, I'm always available. You can reach out to me through email again at 
randy at ovcfchurch.org, and I'm always happy to help with that or any other needs that you may have. Uh, you know, we've been studying in Ephesians for the last several weeks, and the first three chapters really identifying the uh, collective gifts that the Lord has given all believers in, a, in equal measure. And as we've moved into chapter 4 and begin to study the, the very individual uh, gifts and the church body, I like to liken to the tools behind me. They're all different, and they all perform different, uh, different functions. When we have uh, projects related to my tools that I need to bless a loved one, uh, I don't use every tool that's available to me. I have specific needs, and the Lord does the same thing. There isn't a, a spiritual blessing or a spiritual gift that, that anyone has that is not used by the Lord on a, on a near daily basis. Um, you don't all have to be a big hammer. Sometimes you can be a drywall screw. You never know. Any of the, uh, any of the tools in the arsenal, uh, the Lord can use, and that's what we are as the body of Christ. We're all different. We all have different, uh, different tasks that he's able to use us for to do and the spiritual gifts that he's given us. So enjoy Pastor Richie's message today. And again, I look so forward to seeing some of you in person at the well next week. And I want to encourage the church family that for many, many good sound reasons of health and concern that will be continuing to join us online. Uh, we love you too. You're part of the body. And we can't wait until things return to normal. We can worship as we once did. But until then, blessings to everyone. And again, I look forward to seeing many of you in some capacity online or in person next week at the well. God bless. Good morning, church family. Just wanted to say that I miss and love you. I know I say that every week, but I do. I generally miss and love each and every one of you. It is time for our announcements. We have one announcement from Tina this morning about Help of Ojai, and then we're going to kick it off into Kingdom Kids. So here is our announcements. Hi, church family. It's just me, Tina Rosas. Just wishing you hi. I miss you guys very much. Well, some of you. Anyways, no, I really do. I miss you guys a whole lot, and I hope you're staying well and being safe and taking care of yourself. And as some of you don't know, I do work for Help of Ojai in charge of transportation, and we've been delivering meals and doing all kinds of food box deliveries and picking up prescriptions. So we do need some um, volunteer drivers, so if anybody's interested in driving, you can give me a call at 646-5122, and I think it's going to be on the screen somewhere. So 646-5122, and ask for Tina. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. here in the studio. We're talking about seashells and what they, and how they make great collectibles. They're a beautiful reminder of the fun times we had at the beach. When you see a seashell, you've taken out your daily habits and swept back to the beach when you found that shell. We have Marge out in the field collecting seashells. Take it away, Marge. Thank you, Bambi. Well, you can see out here on the beach and in the ocean how seashells can be a source of joy in another way. Seashells are empty homes once occupied by sea creatures. 
Those creatures died and moved on to another shell or leaving an empty space in their wake. Seashells can remind us of another empty place, the empty tomb. Jesus was in that tomb less than three days before God raised him from the dead. Because Jesus lives, we can have eternal life and life more abundant here on earth. Back to you in the studio, Bambi. Thanks, Marge, for the amazing interview. So, to break it down, sea cells are empty. Just like the empty tomb, Jesus is not dead. He is alive. When you see seashells, remember that something once lived inside. How amazing is that? Remember, too, that Jesus left an empty tomb behind when he was raised from the dead. Well, kids, stay tuned for another episode of Kingdom Kid News. Thanks for tuning in. Seashells wash up on the beach and are a beautiful reminder of the animal life that once lived inside. You will learn that the empty grave reminds us that Jesus came back to life conquering death. Last Sunday, we announced that July 19th will be our first opportunity in a very long time to gather here at the well for a worship service on a Sunday morning. And we wanted to take time uh, today to share more details with you and to walk you through uh, the process of being able to join us next Sunday, if you would like. Uh, first of all, uh, the maximum number of people uh, that we can have at a service uh, based on the guidelines given to us by the state, is 50. And if you would like to uh, participate in, in our service next Sunday, uh, you're going to have to go through uh, a registration process online. And uh, we're going to spend a few moments here uh, showing you what that looks like. Uh, so the first thing you're going to need to do is go to our website. In order to register for our service on July 19th, the first thing you want to do is go to our website, obcfchurch.org. When you come to the home page, you'll see this red button. So you want to click on that, register for Sunday service. Then you'll come to this page, which says, if you would like to attend Sunday service at the well, here's what you need to know. So we ask you to read through all of this information is very important. There's also a link to the CDC self-checker right here. Uh, it gives you some of the guidelines and requirements that uh, have been set forth by the state, the county, and the city. Once you've read through all of this, please click the register button. And that takes you to this page, Attending Sunday Service at the Well, Guidelines, Waiver, and Registration. So once again, you'll work your way down through the uh, page. Here's the video uh, that shows what your first Sunday will be like at the well. Keep scrolling down. Now this is very important. This is a waiver that's been provided uh, to us by our insurance company. So you click on waiver you go ahead and read the waiver carefully okay 
And once you're done reading it, what you do is you on your browser, you come back up here and you click there to get back to our website. Now because we don't have a, a way for you to actually sign the waiver, over here it says checking this box serves as your signature. So uh, I have carefully read and fully understand all provisions of this waiver of liability and freely and knowingly assume the risk and waive my rights concerning liability as described in the waiver. So you go ahead and check that box. And then what you do is you go ahead and fill in your information. And those attending, I'll go ahead and just put in a couple there. Yes, I'm at least 18 years old. And if you watch the video and agree to the policies, you would click yes and submit. Once you've done that, it takes you to this spot, reserve your spot for Sunday service. One important thing to note is that registration closes at 6 p.m. on Saturday. So for the July 19th service, you would click on the blue button. And once this page loads, it gives you details regarding the 19th, gives you the time. This here uh, lets you know how many slots remain. Okay, this is uh, just an example. And in this example, there's 45 remaining. So this is the button you would select to register. So you click on that button. And then you fill in your information once again. And you give an email. And up here, this is very important. You want to give the number of people that will be attending from your household. So I'll put three. This becomes activated, and so now you click on Complete Registration. Once you do that, you are officially registered for Sunday service. They'll send a confirmation email to the email address that you provided, and this tells you how many in your household are confirmed to attend on July 19th. So that's the registration process. We also wanted to put together a video that would be helpful for you uh, for when you arrive next Sunday for service, based on the guidelines set forth by the state, the county, and the city, uh, several things needed to be implemented, uh, various signage needed to be put up around the facility. So we wanted to create uh, just a short video clip uh, so that you're familiar with what you're going to see and experience next Sunday so that we could all enjoy worshiping together.
Hello, Pastor Tyler here. I'm just going to go over a few of these signs that we have up throughout our facility. Um, these signs are up just for your safety and because we love you and we want you to be protected. So let's take a tour of the different signs throughout the facility. The big reminder sign is just to remind you to please stay six feet apart. Please use sanitizer. Please remember to wear your mask and to stay home if you're sick. And you'll see a big sign in front of the um, bathrooms. And it's just to remind you to please be patient for everybody's safety. And we're only allowing one person in at a time into the restroom. And also you'll notice in the hallway, there'll be a couple signs, one on the nursery and one on the Kingdom Kids room, just reminding parents that it is closed. And also too, parents, just a reminder that um, you need to keep your kids with you before and after service and also just remember to social distancing with the kids as well um, you also are going to see signs that say the commons and the kitchen and the outside areas closed i know it's going to be tempting but please stay out of those areas i know you'll see the new grass back there in the playgrounds but these areas are closed um, for your safety so please follow those signs as well well, good morning again. As you can see, uh, there's been a lot of preparation uh, in terms of time, energy, resources uh, that has gone into uh, preparing for our gathering uh, here at the well next Sunday. And yet, the most important area of preparation is spiritual preparation. Uh, whether or not you are able to uh, gather with us next Sunday, uh, the most important thing that we can do as a church family today and moving into this new season is to be spiritually prepared. Because I got to tell you, the, uh, the last thing that the enemy wants is for us to gather once again. Uh, the last thing the enemy wants is for us to be united as a church. The last thing that the enemy wants is for us uh, to be loving one another and to be caring for one another and to actually be growing spiritually and closer to each other and to Him during this time. So the most important thing that we can uh, be doing as a church family individually and collectively uh, as we prepare for next Sunday and beyond, again, whether or not you are able to join us, uh, is to be spiritually prepared. And I believe that the passage that we've been looking at in Ephesians uh, chapter 4, 1 through 6, uh, really uh, gives us some foundational preparation uh, as a church family, again, individually and collectively, for what lies ahead. And I want to read uh, Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. It says this, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. We saw in verses 1, 2, and 3 last week that as Paul uh, launches us into having a, a life of balance where our, our doctrine matches our daily life, uh, we found that it was really interesting that this walk of balance begins with being others-centered. 
right? Humility, gentleness or meekness, patience, bearing with one another in love, uh, maintaining the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Our walk as followers of Jesus begins with being others-centered, developing attributes and walking in faith and obedience for the good of others and ultimately for the good of the entire church, the entire body of Christ, right? Uh, It's not a self-centered walk. It's not a self-centered faith. Uh, I am to be uh, developing humility and patience and bearing with one another. Why? For the glory of God, for the unity of his church. And why is this important? Because as we move into this new season as a church, and as we uh, test the waters with uh, gathering once again, uh, there's going to be challenges There's going to be challenges. It's going to be different. Um, There's going to be uh, times when when we're just trying to seek the Lord and trying to understand uh, how church is supposed to be in this new uh, culture that we're living in and, 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 you know, what's allowed, what's not allowed, the guidelines, the recent uh, spike in cases and and what that may or may not mean, Uh, gathering uh, with guidelines and masks and, uh, you know, things around here being closed, not having kids program, you know, potentially, potentially, if our heart isn't right, if we're not spiritually prepared, if we're not others centered, if we're not focused on walking in faith and obedience with the attributes and characteristics that Paul mentions in verse two and three, it's potentially a recipe for disunity for discord and, and, and really, really uh, conflict and, and things that, that really uh, aren't glorifying to God, that aren't glorifying to God. If you remember in the video, uh, there was that reminder sign about staying six feet apart and using sanitizer and wearing a face mask and staying home if you're sick. Uh, if you think about that, what's behind each of those reminders? Being others-centered. Right, staying six feet apart, wearing a mask for the sake of others, even though uh, I may not like it, either I may feel it's silly, I may feel it's an overreaction, you know, uh, I don't know why we have to do this, it it just, you know, I don't like church this way, and you know, we may have all these uh, feelings and thoughts and opinions and attitudes, but in the end, in the end, we're called to lay us aside. We're called to agape love one another, which is self-sacrificially love one another for the benefit of somebody else. And so we abide by the guidelines. We do whatever is necessary because we love, we agape love the other person self-sacrificially. And that's so important because, like I said, we are in a spiritual battle. And the last thing the enemy wants is for us to be gathering in person. And if it means, uh, you know, uh, uh, stirring up our flesh and and attitudes and opinions, um, that's what the enemy would do. The enemy will do anything to destroy the church. And so I want to encourage us uh, this morning, if you plan to attend uh, next Sunday, you know, I want to kind of have a, a bit of a family meeting here. If you plan to attend next Sunday morning. 
I really am going to encourage you, really going to ask you to be spiritually prepared. Because it's going to be different and maybe awkward and uncomfortable. And there's going to be a lot of emotion and a lot of thoughts going through your head. And you're going to really be challenged to stay focused and to have the right heart. Okay? It's going to be very, very important. Remember, Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Right? It's a heart issue. It's also an issue of where you focus. Isaiah 26.3 says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Okay, so, so will it be very different next Sunday? Yes. Will wearing masks seem strange and awkward? Yes. Uh, is it a bummer that we can't have coffee, donuts, and cheese? Yes. Right? Would it be nice if the nursery and kingdom kids were open and the kids could uh, go enjoy the back patio and run around freely? Absolutely. But if we choose to focus on all of those things uh, that, that can't happen, it's going to affect our heart. It's going to affect our joy. And ultimately, it's going to affect the relationships in the church. And, and uh, this is so important to me. This is so important to, to me, to the elders. We have uh, spent weeks and months uh, praying, seeking God's will, uh, for potentially God willing what will happen next Sunday. And along with that comes a lot of potential risk in terms of uh, the enemy getting in, uh, the flesh rearing up. And it is imperative, imperative that our heart and mind be focused, right? Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Philippians 2, 14 and 15. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world." Now, these verses are great, not just for uh, when the church gathers, but in our life in general, right? In our life in general, we're to do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Uh, in our life as believers, we're to look out not only for our own interests, but the interests of others. Verses 14 and 15 says, in our lives, we're to do all things. Everyone say all things, right? Do all things without grumbling or disputing. Right? In the New Living Translation, it says, do everything. Everyone say everything. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. So you know how we can honor and glorify God in the midst of a very uh, challenging, different, unique, awkward uh, situation next Sunday? We do it with hearts that are concerned about the interests of others. We do it without grumbling, without complaining. We do it as we walk in the Spirit, bearing the fruit of the Spirit, demonstrating agape love, self-sacrificial love, for one another. 
Uh, for instance, I know it's going to be uh, tempting when you see each other to, to maybe want to come up and, and, and give a hug to someone. Well, well maybe agape love, self-sacrificial love says, you know, for the benefit of you, you, for, for your health and well-being, you know, uh, I'm going to give you an air hug or, you know, an elbow or something. Uh, and I'm going to restrain myself, even though I really want to give you a hug and really want to just show you how much I missed you. Uh, agape love says, you know, no. I, I love you. I care about you. And, and if it's in your best interest that, that we stay six feet apart, and if it's in all of our best interest that we use sanitizer and wear face masks and stay home if we're sick, if, if it's in the best interest of others, well, then I'm all in because it demonstrates agape love and ultimately it glorifies God. It glorifies God. And so here's my encouragement. Here's uh, the application uh, for all of us. If you uh, are maybe struggling in this area, if you, uh, you know, um, feel like to, to perhaps come on Sunday in the midst of masks and, you know, all the things that all the hoops that it seems like we have to jump through just to meet. Uh, if that's affecting you, if that's creating a sense of, of uh, bitterness or angst in you, bring that to God. Be honest. Bring that to God and say, Lord, I'm struggling with this. Uh, Father, I don't want to go to church and, and, and be a source of uh, you know, contention. So, Father, I'm giving this to you. This is an opportunity for sanctification for you. This is an opportunity for growth. This might be God's way of saying, you know what? Go and be other-centered. Yes, if you're feeling awkward and if you don't like the mask, I guarantee you, there's probably 90% of the people that agree with you, you know, uh, we're all there because we're all human and we're all experiencing this completely new way of doing church. And yet as believers, we all have access to the throne of grace. As believers, we can bring all of these feelings, all of these emotions, all of these attitudes, all of these opinions. We can bring them to God and say, Father, as only you can do, change my heart, change my mind. So that when I go uh, to that gathering, I want to be a blessing and not a burden. I don't want to be complaining. I want to be celebrating. Because the truth is, I know that there are some, uh, some of you who are looking forward to being here next Sunday, uh, even if you had to wear a mask and snorkel, right? <laughs> even if <laughs> you cannot wait uh, to be a part of a gathering in person. And I get that. I get that. And, and there are people who would, who would long to be here, and yet because of uh, the high-risk category, age, or whatever issue that might, uh, might prevent them, but they would love to be here, okay? So, so my heart for all of us as a church family, we're, we're kind of turning a page in this uh, pandemic season. And, and again, we don't know. This spike uh, with cases in Ventura County and around the country, uh, for all we know, uh, things may shut back down and uh, we may not be able to meet. I don't know. All we can do is take one day at a time, one Sunday at a time, and be prepared spiritually to walk in the Spirit, to love one another as we're called to love one another. Okay? So if, you're, if, if, if you need to, to, to bring it to God this week, bring it to God. Uh, but not just in this area. Maybe there's an area in your life that you're struggling with and you have the habit of complaining and grumbling and you just tend to, to, to look at your interests first versus others. Bring all these areas to God and say, God, change my heart. 
changed my heart, right? Lord, uh, this is what the Bible says. Bring these areas of my life into balance for your glory, for your glory. Okay? And then it says in Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, it says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So the Apostle Paul in verses 4 through 6 gives us the basis for unity. And what's that? Doctrine. Biblical truth, right? Uh, The word one is emphasized over and over. One body, one spirit, right? One hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father, right? It's very important that you understand the basis of our unity as the body of Christ is in the doctrine, the biblical truth, the biblical word of God. Okay, remember Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 was doctrine. 4, 5, and 6 is practice. And here he's saying, hey, be eager to maintain the unity of the church based on these core doctrines. These core doctrines, right? Very important. Uh, Sometimes people say, oh, we're united because we love one another. Let's just love one another. You got to have both. You got to have sound doctrine and Love, right? Truth and love. Romans 16, verses 17 and 18 says this. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. Okay? You got to know Sound doctrine. You have to study and know the word of God. So he says there's one body. He's talking about the body of Christ, uh, you know, the universal church of which all believers are members. One spirit, the Holy Spirit. One hope. All of us share the confident expectation of eternal life in God's kingdom, right? One Lord. That's Jesus, okay? One faith. When it says one faith, what they're speaking of is the the body of settled doctrine at that time, right? Uh, The basic body of settled doctrine, the doctrine, uh, doctrines of salvation. Acts 2.42 says this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So it says one faith. It's at that time the essential core doctrines that the church had adopted. One baptism. Okay, what does one baptism refer to? Well, in context, it refers to being placed into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 and 13. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. And then finally it says, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. He's speaking of the relationship of believers to God who now have the privilege, to the right to become children of God and to call him what? Abba, Father. Abba, Father. So as we move into this new season, uh, you know, God's timing of having us in Ephesians 4, 1 through 6, Uh, really reminding us that every believer 
is responsible to maintain the unity of the church. And the unity of the church is what? Foundationally built on solid, sound doctrine and love, right? Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. Rather speaking the truth in love, there they are, both of them, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So we need both. We need sound doctrine and we need agape love, which is a fruit of the Spirit. And who is the ultimate example of truth and love? Jesus. Jesus, right? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, right? John 14, 6. And then in Philippians 2, 5 through 11, it says this. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So our ultimate example is Jesus. The ultimate example of love, agape love, is what he did for us on the cross, self-sacrificially, self-sacrificially. And so as we prepare to enter into a time of worship and communion, okay, and why do we take communion? We do it in remembrance of Jesus, right? I encourage you to take time to examine your heart uh, before you take communion, even during this song. Uh, speaking of Jesus being the cornerstone, okay? Take some time now to reflect. Take some time now to, to ask Father to show you if there's areas in your life uh, where, you know, you tend to be more interested in your own interests than others. If there's areas in your life where you've developed the, the habit of grumbling and complaining, if, if there's uh, areas in your life where, where you can be more uh, proactive in demonstrating love uh, to other believers in very practical ways, in, in ways that, that maybe help maintain the unity of the church, whatever it would be, take this opportunity, okay? Uh, I know it's been a very challenging uh, last few months for all of us and again the recent spike in uh, in the uh, coronavirus around the country and, and here locally uh, you know it, it's been tiring it's been exhausting and even as we prepare uh, to gather next Sunday and all the preparation that's going into that uh, I encourage all of us we've got to stay focused we've got to to keep our heart, we've got to keep our mind stayed on Jesus. So let's pray, and we'll have a time of worship. You can celebrate communion uh, wherever you are in remembrance of Jesus.
And then afterwards, uh, I'll close out the service with some, uh, just a few more details, practical details about next Sunday. Okay? So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for reminding us uh, that we all have a part to play. We are all responsible for maintaining the unity of the church. Father, thank you for reminding us through your word this morning that the unity of the church is foundationally built upon sound doctrine. So we've got to know the word of God. Not only are we to love one another with agape love, but we are to know and obey the word of God. So Father, help us to do that as only you can do through your Holy Spirit. And then, Father, speak to our hearts now. Father, if there's areas in our life where we, we are more interested in, in meeting our own needs than the needs of others, Father, show us those areas, and, and we ask your forgiveness. And, and, Father, if we've developed the habit of grumbling and complaining and focusing on the negatives and, and you know, uh, being very critical, Father, we ask you to forgive us. We ask you to, to do what only you can do in transforming our lives in these areas so that we can speak words of edification, that we can build others up, that we can be blessings, that, that what we do is all geared to glorifying you and maintaining the unity of the church. So, Father, now as we sing this song, as we take communion, uh, we do it. In remembrance of you, Jesus, thank you for being our example of truth, our example of agape love. And we just want to honor you in the way that we live as well. Amen.
Before we close our service today, I wanted to give you a few more details about next Sunday. Uh, we are going to start live streaming our services uh, beginning next Sunday at 10 a.m. And our hope and desire in live streaming is that those of you who can't join us here in person would feel connected that you are uh, participating in the worship service as it's actually happening in real time versus a pre-recorded video. Okay. Also, registration for next Sunday's service uh, will begin uh, Monday morning. So Monday morning, you should be able to go to the uh, church website and click on the link on the home page and begin the process of registering for next Sunday's service. And again, uh, just a reminder, uh, due to the guidelines that have been set, uh, we have a maximum of 50 attendees uh, that were allowed and and we're just going to play that uh, one week at a time and see what the Lord does with the attendance. And uh, if there's any adjustments that need to be made in the weeks ahead, uh, we're certainly going to seek the Lord for those. Okay? If you are uh, planning to attend next Sunday, we ask that you would arrive maybe 15 or 20 minutes early. You saw in the video uh, that there's a few steps uh, that are required uh, from the time you arrive to the time you uh, find your seat, wherever that may be, uh, here in the worship center. So if you would arrive early uh, next Sunday, that will help us uh, hopefully get everybody in and ready uh, for 10 a.m. when the live stream begins. Okay? Uh, and one final word of encouragement for those of you, uh, once again, who cannot uh, gather with us. For whatever reason, uh, I want you to know uh, that we love you that uh, we are the church because we have all been baptized into the church when we put our faith in Jesus. Okay, and I know I said it last Sunday, I said it in this past uh, Wednesday's uh, word from the well, that we are the church because we are in Christ. Okay, so it's a new season for us as a church family. Uh, we appreciate your prayers as we uh, make final preparations and to, you know, try uh, the best we can to be prepared uh, for next Sunday. But please pray for us. Please pray for each other. And if you are able to join us next Sunday, uh, please come with the right heart, with uh, uh, a desire uh, to be a blessing and to agape love one another. Okay, so let's pray. Father, thank you for our time uh, this morning. Once again, we commit our lives to you. Father, our desire is to honor and glorify you. So, Father, um, today and into this week, lead us and guide us, uh, Lord, that we would be uh, light and salt in this world, uh, Father, especially in these turbulent times uh, that we're facing as a country. Uh, Father, help us to uh, point people to Jesus, not just with our words, but how we live our lives. And all God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday.